Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Teams podcast. Hello and welcome to the Sabbath Teams 2.0 podcast. My name is Steve Payne. I'm the Community Impact Coordinator for the San Antonio Baptist Association. I want to thank you for tuning in today. During this podcast, we will be discussing the topic of pro-life, a.k.a. the sanctity of life. Uh, before we introduce our guest today, I want to introduce our co-host, Bishop Brent Bryant. Brent is the pastor of Redeeming Grace Community Church of San Antonio and the chairman of the Community Impact Team here at Saba. Bishop Bryant, will you open us in a word of prayer? Sure. Father, we bless and praise you and magnify you again today. It's our prayer, Father, that uh, as we uh, discuss uh, the issues today, uh, Father, you would uh, grace us with your presence and your power. And we thank you for your love. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our guest today is Charity Farrar. She is the executive director of The Source, a.k.a. Life Choices Medical Clinic of San Antonio. Charity, please tell us about yourself and The Source. Thank you, Steve. I'm so excited to be here today. It's wonderful always to be with Saba and, and to share what God is doing in San Antonio. Um, you know, we started 24 years ago as the Agape Pregnancy Help Center, and we did a great job for 13 years of passing out diapers and telling girls that Jesus loved them and had a plan for their life, and we did a very bad job at rescuing babies from abortion. And so about uh, 2010, we were contacted by Focus on the Family, and they wanted to give us a grant to help us become a medical pregnancy center offering ultrasounds to our patients because we have a very high number of abortions here in Bear County and they wanted to help us bring those numbers down and so we started on the trek to become a medical pregnancy center and with all the legal things that go along with it and we changed our name to Life Choices Medical Clinic and moved into a larger suite uh, there where we are on Northwestern. And the first year after we started offering ultrasounds, we rescued 450 babies from Amazing. abortion. And it was, that was it. We got our fire and started rolling. And we began a couple of years after that to offer some medical services like STD testing and treatment for both men and women. Because we realized that in order to get the women who are most at risk for abortion into our clinic, we needed to start building a relationship with them before they ever got pregnant. And one way to do that was to help them understand um, what their sexual activity outside of marriage was doing to their bodies. And so if we could offer STD testing and treatment and then have the opportunity to talk to them about God's plan for their life, then we had the opportunity to help them make better choices. And so that took off, and we started seeing record numbers of men and women coming in for, for those services. Um, and we continued with our pregnancy services, and I tell you that over the last four or five years, we've rescued about 3,500 babies from abortion That's now. Um, we average about 125 new professions of faith every year because everybody that walks through our door has the opportunity to find out that Jesus really does love them and really does have a better plan for their life. And then about, oh, four years ago, um, we were running out of room 
in this block in the space where we were and we wanted to do more we wanted to build more relationships with women and reach more but I didn't think we had the opportunity to do it in the building where we were at and some students from the health science center uh, university there came in and they wanted to come in and help us because they were upset that a pro-choice organization had started on campus and they wanted to start a pro-life organization. And so they started a, a, a little organization called the Tiny Patient Project. And they would bring faculty and residents into our clinic one night a month and we would offer well woman exams, paps and pelvics and things like that. And you know, we started seeing more and more patients, but the problem is when you're only doing it for a couple of hours, one night a month, you can't really do very much. And so by the grace of God, we started moving down the road to become a full comprehensive women's health clinic. And so um, soon after that, we hired a practitioner. And for three years now, we have been rocking and rolling it, doing full comprehensive women's health and just reaching more and more uh, more and more people with good quality health care and pregnancy services and the truth of the gospel and options and material assistance and classes and oh my stars it is crazy business at our house but last year we had 6,109 people that came through our doors 6,000? 6, 6,000 wow yeah I, my head still spins over that number I uh, don't quite know how we actually got that many people into the door, but but by the grace of God, we are able to be the hands and feet of Jesus to more and more women and men coming in the doors. And we added professional counseling a few years ago because so many of the people that walk in the doors are so broken. They're so, so broken. And when we do our pregnancy counseling or our sexual um activity counseling, you know, we have an opportunity to do some peer counseling there, but we can't really get into the meat of what their problems are. And so we have professional counselors who will do biblical counseling with them over an extended period of time so that we can bring about that healing in their life that is so desperately needed. Um, what impact do you, uh, you have on men? Uh, in terms of your association? So that is a great question because men are more than half half of what we deal with, right? Okay. Um, women don't get pregnant by themselves and they don't get STDs by themselves and babies need dads. Babies have mothers and fathers and they need both of those. And we have come to realize that men play such an important role in the life of children. Amen. You know in the Bible, men were the ones that were commanded to raise the children right? They were the instructors. Mm -hmm. They were right. to be the role model for their kids. And we as a society have decided that men are pretty much irrelevant. You know, we have taken the manhood out of men because we have told our women that they don't need a man. They can do it all. Well, I'm here to tell you I'm a woman and I cannot do it all. We need our men. So we have fatherhood classes, and we have parenting classes where the men can come. And then we will, you know, we'll do the STD services for the men. We will talk to them about God's best. But one of the most remarkable things that we have found is when a woman who has a crisis pregnancy comes in and we get her into the ultrasound room, if she will bring the father of that baby with her, and he sees his child up and alive and large and in charge up on that screen. <laughs> he goes into Tarzan mode and he bonds with that baby. And then he 
encourages her to continue the pregnancy, knowing that he needs to be involved. God made men in such a way that they are protectors, even when they're not wanting that baby, they can't help themselves. That's the way God made men. And so we want to encourage our men to be great fathers and wonderful husbands and to raise their children up in the way that they should go. So men are very important in our clinic. Amen. Charity, tell us about the Knights of Columbus. I, I know being a Catholic organization, and we're both a Baptist, I want to say Baptist organization. Yeah. Is tell us about Knights of Columbus and how they really changed everything. Oh for my you. gosh, it was amazing. So back in 2010, um, when Focus on the Family gave us the grant, uh, they would do either training for nurses to learn how to do ultrasounds or they would do the ultrasound machine, but they wouldn't do both. And I said, oh, who needs training? We need the ultrasound machine. <laughs> right. Oh, boy, was I wrong. But as God would have it, he sent, a, he sent along the Knights of Columbus uh, Council 760 here, and uh, they, they wanted to do an ultrasound for us. They couldn't get any Catholic organization that wanted to take it. And so... We said, yes, we'll take your ultrasound machine. And they came in and they raised money. And so we were able to do the training for the nurses and get an ultrasound machine. But what happened was I thought they were going to come in and they were going to buy the ultrasound machine and they were going to go on to the next project, right? And that would be great. And that's not what happened. They came in and fell in love with us. And um, so we got married. And one of them joined my board. And he has been the most amazing board member that I could have ever asked for. And so over the years, the Knights have continued to support us with supplies and, and participating in our fundraisers and allowing me to come and speak to their groups. And they've been just a wonderful addition to That's our great. ministry. And then a few years after Pat joined our board, he said, uh, the Knights decided that you guys are too busy and we're going to buy you another ultrasound machine. <laughs> so we now have Amen. two ultrasound machines from the Knights of Columbus, and they've just been a huge blessing to us. They're honorary Baptists now, right? They are. <laughs> they are. And I guess I'm an honorary nightist. <laughs> you talked a little bit about your service. Just tell us a little bit more about the service. Now, one of the things that really impressed me is when you tell me about how many women have come to know the Lord through that. Yeah. You do more than most churches yeah. do. When you say over 100 per year. Yeah. That's fantastic. It is. You know, and to know something like that's going on, you made a tremendous difference in these women's and these guys' lives. And Absolutely. Stuff. And and the thing too is when they find out that that God really does love them, because nobody's ever loved them. They've never been loved in their life. How can God love me? But he does. And when that reality sinks into them, new people are come out. You know, we're new, creature, new creatures. When we accept Christ as our Savior, the old has passed away and new has come into being. And we watch that every single day, the transformation of that life. But like any transformation, we need to mentor them. Mm -hmm. And that's sure. where our churches come in. Because we'll save them. Y'all need to make them mature, right? Um, so getting them into a, into a Bible-believing church is one of our ultimate goals here. But until we can get them into a church, because, you know, maybe the church has hurt them. Maybe they've been brought up in a lot of judgment and they're afraid to darken the door of a church, but we're safe. We are very, very safe and there's no judgment in our house. Right. And so they will come for Bible studies. They will come to learn scriptures. Um, so giving them the gospel is really easy for us because they're broken and they are, they are needing rescuing when they walk in the door. And if we can offer them help and hope and love and life, 
what more could you ask for? And so, and so, yes, that is a huge, huge part of what we are, because we know that if we can save that mother for all eternity, the baby being saved comes right, right along with that, because God is the author of life. And if she has new life in her, she's probably not going to kill her child. And so if we save the mother, we save the child. Yeah. One of the criticisms I know from the abortionist are, once you get the woman to keep her baby, you forget all about her. Yeah, that's so not true in our clinic. Okay. So we have women that will, well, I mean, we, will, we promise our girls, okay, if you're going to carry this baby to term and parent, um, and, and we don't tell them they have to parent, I mean, if they want to make an adoption plan, we have fabulous Christian uh, adoption agencies that we can refer them to. But if they decide that they want a parent, we're going to help them. We're going to support them. We're going to walk with them with diapers and wipes and education and classes and and material assistance and and community referrals and whatever else we can do until they either don't need us anymore. They tell us, please don't call me anymore. Um, but, But we will be there sometimes four, five, six. I have one patient. In fact, I just saw her yesterday. I led her to the Lord in 2009. Now, she's married, they're serving God, she's on her fourth baby and still coming to us for Bible study and education classes and material assistance. And so we are watching that family grow up in God. We're watching them raise those four children in the church. And there is nothing in the world that means more to me than knowing that we're having eternal impact on, on these right. on these women. So no, that's totally wrong. We love our women up until the time that they say, please don't ever call me again because I don't need you anymore. I have a job. I'm paying my taxes. I'm taking care of my family. We're good. Thank you. Yeah. I think one of the things I like to see is, as churches do more is the birth and beyond. Is once they give birth is to be with it that woman and her baby, yeah. whatever their needs are, how can we help them? And that's one of the things I'd like to see more of our churches get involved in. It would be in. awesome. It would be awesome. Do we have churches now that, that support you? We do. We do. Um, uh, we probably have about 15 churches in town that, that give, either give us annual support, quarterly support, or monthly support. Um, but we need more. You know, That's just the truth of the matter. We just need more. We're out of room where we are, and we're getting ready to embark on a very large renovation where we are our landlord um and that's tell, a, tell us a story about the landlord. oh my gosh mm-hmm. that i was going to say that's a story for another time because i don't know how much time we, we have time. but yeah. but uh where we where we are we've been in the same location for the for whole, for the 24 years and our landlord makes beer keg taps yeah. okay um but they've always been real friendly with us and they've been great landlords and our rent is really really extremely reasonable. And so there was a change in management. Uh, the president retired and the vice president retired and the facilities guy retired and, and new people came on board. And um, finally I met with the facilities guy and he found out about us and he said, wow, you guys are really out of room. And I said, yeah, can we expand? Is there any place for us to expand here? Because if not, we're going to have to move. And he said, well, we don't want you to move. And I said, well, I don't want to move. So figure it out. So he said, let me go talk to the president because maybe we could give up some of our warehouse space for you. Well, the president was like, no, no, no. Well, finally, months later, the president acquiesced and said, yes, we could. We could. So we sat down at lunch and he told me, he said, let me tell you what happened. Um, when I first came on board, I saw your sign, Life Choices Medical Clinic. And he thought, oh, no, not those people. <laughs> and then I looked across the street and there were people across the street protesting. And he said, 
uh, why do we have an abortion provider on our facility? We got to get rid of them. And then he found out that he went across the street to talk to them. They were Jehovah's Witnesses, and they were just out there, you know, being Jehovah's Witnesses. They weren't protesting anything. So he started asking, and, he, and they found out that we weren't the bad guys. We were the good guys. And so then he said, I need to help you expand. He said, when I found out that you were the good guys. But he said, your name, life choices, choices. You know, I thought that you were them, and you're not them. You're who you need to be. And so he said, yes, we want to help you in any way we can. And I, it was hilarious. I laughed and I laughed and I said, come and let me take you on a tour through the clinic. And so he did. And once he saw for himself what we do, he was eager to help us expand. And so he's actually giving us 2,150 square feet of his warehouse. And then on the other side of us, there's 1,500 square feet that has never been occupied. And they're going to help us put in water and sewer and an HVAC. And so we're going to bust out on both ends and expand. So we will end up with 10, 9 or 10 exam rooms, uh, two lab areas, education rooms, a hospitality area <laughs> where our parents can bring their children because right now we don't have enough room for children. Um, and all the things that we need to do. I mean, I had to move out of the clinic and move down to the church because we needed my office to see patients in. So um, we, we'll have enough room. We'll end up with 6,889 square feet, and um, it's what we can afford. But we have a $400,000 build-out between renovations and, and equipment and supplies and staffing. I need to raise $400,000 for this project. So that's where our churches and our people can help if they could send in $25 or $100 or $10,000 or $100,000. I'll take it all. I I remember the times when we were talking about building a big building and and getting the land and everything and having this building. And that just wasn't God's plan. Yeah, God knew what he was talking about. Because here's a guy that's heart now. He said, I want this guy's heart. And this is what we're going to have to do yeah. to get his heart. So it's wonderful to see something like yes, that happen. And we fabulous. pray that that will happen and that becomes a reality. It looks like it will because you're just We're just expanding. expanding. Yeah, and it won't cause any, any you know, problems for our patients because they will still be able to find us. You know, when you move, right. you, you lose some. Right. But we're right across the street from the Via Transfer Station, which is really convenient because a lot of our patients come on the bus. Yeah. And that's how a lot of patients find us because we have a VAR sign out there. And so um, they're able to, to locate us and then bring their friends, and, and it multiplies out from there. I think we're running out of time. Um, we're going to do a part two. That's the exciting yay. part because we're just getting to the surface of this. And so we're going to do a part two. So I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Sabbath Teams uh, podcast uh, where we touched on the, the topic of, of pro-life. And uh, thank you and, and God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Sabbath Teams podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for kingdom impact.